The following podcast is a Dear Media production. We're going to do a trading secret on a topic everyone can somewhat enjoy, the topic of dating. Now, let's be real. We all know someone who has met their person on Match. Match believes the most important relationship is with yourself. So, in a world where you can choose to do anything or anyone Choose you first, because dating someone who knows what they want and won't settle for less, that's sexy as hell. And you know what else is also sexy as hell? No pressure first dates. Match's latest study of over 5,000 U.S. singles reveals that while the cost of being single has skyrocketed in the past 10 years, more singles are looking to ditch the white tablecloth and opt for easy, frill, free dates. Now, here's some trading secret statistics I'd love to share with you. 84% of singles say they prefer a casual date. For example, doing free activities on a date, maybe going somewhere close to home to save on gas, eating a good home-cooked meal versus eating at a restaurant, just meeting a date for drinks or coffee, or going on a date at an inexpensive restaurant. If you do you, you already know the best relationships show up when you show up for yourself first. There's never been a better time to try Match. Download the Match app today. It's one you won't regret, and it's a great move in trading secret. If you're feeling like you're ready to find that person going into a big year like 2023, download the Match app today. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by blogger, podcaster, social media star, and barstool personality, Brianna Chicken Fry LaPaglia. Brianna is the host of Barstool Sports Podcast BFFs, Plan Bree, and Sleep When You're Dead. She has grown a social media following to over 400,000 followers on Instagram, 1.6 million on TikTok, and continues to see her following grow each and every day. Must be nice, Brianna. You have to tell me the secrets. <laughs> Brianna has established herself as a social media icon, and it all started by going viral on TikTok while being hung over in college. We'll get into to that. To some, it may seem crazy, but Brianna has been able to capitalize on her unexpected rise to fame in more ways than one. We're going to do a deep dive into how Brianna has been able to create and hold such a strong social media following, what her life at Barstool Sports looks like, and what other ventures she sees herself pursuing moving forward. Brianna, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. What an intro. You like that? I've never had one like that before. Uh, do you guys do that on the BFFs podcast? Oh, no. playing like, this Brie? is stupid Brie here. Now we're here with her. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's fucking working. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into it. I want to kick it off with this clip. I saw this clip and I said to my manager over here, I was like, she, it's not that we want her on, we need her on. <laughs> and so for everyone at home, I'm going to play the clip. And then I just want to like kind of dive into this a yeah. little bit. What also pisses me off and why everyone in the influencer realm gets fucked is no one talks about money. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know why it's such a niche thing. Like if everyone talked about what they got paid for brand deals and how much money they were making, then it would benefit all of us. Yeah. Like people just don't talk about it. So then you don't know your rate. There's no one to ask. There's no one to go. Like there's not an influencer coach. Yeah, that's that's also true in like regular work world too. Like, yeah. like, like a nine to five. Okay, so that's the clip. That's the clip where I was like, we got to get you on. You said it right. That's the crux of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like there is nowhere to go. You have no idea what your value is. So through your crazy journey of how fast it's been and your rise in following and just attention and engagement, how have you been able to find out like what your value should be for the stuff you're doing? Well, it, I still don't know my value almost because nobody talks about it. But when I first started, I remember I got my contract with Barstool and it was, it was like, I don't know, $75,000 for like a year. But I was like, nobody yet. I didn't have followers. And I was like, this is amazing. This is crazy. And I didn't know what other influencers were making that for a swipe up. And I'm like, this is going to be my salary, which I thought was amazing. So I didn't know that yet. And then I got into Barstool and I started talking to people. And even people at Barstool didn't want to tell me how much they were making, which was really frustrating because I didn't know what to base Anything, anything off of. On. I didn't know yeah. anything. I didn't know what my coworkers were making. I didn't know what someone with the same level as like followers was making as me. So I had no idea where to go. Okay. So that's where I kind of went to 
Rhea. Do you know Rhea from Barstool? Oh, yeah, of course. They've both been on. Yeah. Oh, Fran, yeah, they and have? I've been, on their, I've been on their show a bunch oh, of times, okay. and they've come on our show. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I went to them, and I'm just like straight up. We weren't even that friends yet, but I was like, how much money do you guys make? And yeah. they looked at me like I had 10 heads. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I guess that's a crazy question because everyone makes it a crazy question. Yeah. Then they flat out just told me, and I went straight to my boss and I'm like, here's what I should be making. This is what I should be doing. But I was so scared to ask people because yeah. it was like, it was such a taboo topic. Yeah, it's interesting. So when they came on, they were saying, and I think this is genius. Mm-hmm. They go into their annual reviews together mm-hmm. and they get, they said at least, they get paid the exact same. Mm-hmm. So they, they each know what each other makes and there's never a question like, oh, well, who's bringing more value? It doesn't create a tension between them. Mm-hmm. They're like, we both all get paid the same. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody in the Barstool Circle that like you go in together with, like that you understand exactly what they're making or is it no. just you on your own? It's just me and this is where... It's hard. And I think a lot of people that are influencers or do like what I do struggle with is I come, my parents have no idea what I do. So they can't help me. Like (laughs) I can't ask them for advice. They don't know what I should be making. They have no idea what I do. With Barstool, you really don't have management. So I don't have like a manager. I'm just at Barstool. So I go into these meetings alone and I'm almost like gauging everything off of my knowledge and by myself, which is probably the most intimidating part about it. Sure. Yeah. So I don't, really know what I should be asking for. And that's why I made that clip. I started talking about it. I started talking to other influencers. I'm like, hey, how much money do you guys make? Yeah. What do you make for a swipe up? What do you make for a brand deal? And, and that's helped me. And one of the tough things about the whole industry, and this is what ended up me starting our own, we started our own talent management mm-hmm. company because I got off The Bachelor and then there's all these deals coming in, mm-hmm. right? And there's all these different agents. And what's crazy is I would have three different agents pitching me the same brand, Mm -hmm. the same deal, the same delivery, and the difference in the price point was like 4X. Isn't that insane? So I'm like, where the fuck's, how? You have this, everything's the same. Mm -hmm. How the hell am I getting paid one fourth of what someone else is offering me from the same brand? Mm -hmm. It's because there's so many hands in the pot. So even when it's challenging to benchmark your value against other people, in this world, you can't even benchmark your value against yourself because of all this shit going on. It's crazy. It is nuts. Before I even go there, I think your story is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you leave college at your senior year to drop out to go to Barstool. Yeah. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you about that. Before I do, how did Barstool find you? Barstool found me on TikTok. So I started making TikToks, I think it was my junior year of college. Okay. And like you said earlier, they were just hungover TikToks. And I was just kind of being a shithead on TikTok. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. I didn't think I was going to get any views. And then one video blew up and I got a DM from Barstool Sports and I thought they wanted to post it on their main page. Sure. Hell no. Because I see the comments on that shit. I was like, yeah. I don't want you to post <laughs> my video anywhere. Yeah. And then they were like, no, we want to talk to you. And they emailed me. His name's Gaz. He works at Barstool. And okay. he reached out to me. He found me. And they were like, do you want to fly out to New York to come meet everyone. Yeah. At this point, I didn't really know what Barstool was. Okay. I knew it was an Instagram page, and I knew that I knew who Dave Portnoy was, a pizza guy. Yeah. But I didn't know the de- I didn't know the depths of Barstool. Like I didn't know there was a podcast for everything there, or whatever. So I was like, Yeah, fuck it, I'll fly to New York. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Like it was the craziest thing I'd ever done in my life at that point. So I flew out to New York from Ohio, and I went into the office. I met with Gaz, and we just sat down. I swear to God, I don't even know what I was, I was shaking. Like, I, I was, was going to just guess, are you pretty nervous? Like, I was, I took be a couple shots nervous. before I went. It was Dude, like yeah. 10 a.m. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so fucking nervous. I take a couple shots. I went in. I have no idea what I was doing. Like I, my, Were you like buzzed or drunk when you went I was in? a little buzzed. I was a little buzzed, which was helpful. Confession, um, confession. I never <laughs> told this. I have had beers before. And like back before I went on the reality yeah. show, I was a corporate banker and stuff and I'd have interviews. I would rifle down a few beers before. Right? It yeah, eases it. I get nervous in those, some of those situations. I know. Especially, I fucking hate interviews in general. Just, I hate them. Oh, so awkward. I can't, it's like you're literally sitting as people that are judging everything. The I way you it. talk, the way your tone, the way you're sitting. And then like, you just don't even know what to do. I don't, interviews are tough. I but, couldn't even, I couldn't even do presentations in college. So the yeah. fact that this is my job is crazy. <laughs> but I went in, I'm a little buzzed, whatever, we're talking. And I don't even remember what we talked about or what I said. It was like in one ear, out the other, because I was just so nervous. And he gave me a tour of the office and he sent me back to Ohio and I didn't hear from them for like three months. I think they wanted to gauge if I was like serious about it. So like they followed me on social media, see what I was doing. And I was like, fuck it. They 
they're not calling me back. So I just sure. continued on my own. And I started I started making my own merch in my in my college living room. So I like yeah. I wholesale ordered, I spent my whole bank account. I wholesale ordered a bunch of white sweatshirts and then I handmade like the hungover ones in my college living room. And then it was like a sweatshop. Like the whole thing was packed full. Real quick, let me ask you, how much did you spend on the wholesale? Oh, wholesale. I think I spent I think I spent like three thousand and I made like six. Six. Okay, so you double your money, and then yeah. what's on the shirt? Like hungover. What were you selling? It just said hungover. It just said hungover. Brilliant. Simple. Okay. Red hungover. <laughs> I was like, it's my brand. What else am I going to put yeah, on yeah, the hoodie? Yeah. So yeah, I made those for a while, and then Barstool reached out to me. I think two and a half weeks after they saw me do that, and we're like, hey, we want you. Interesting. Do you think it was the merch play that like got them more interested? I maybe because they like they saw my story that I like sold out so fast, and they were like, yeah. oh, "We can make some money off sure. of this girl, even yeah. if it was short term." I don't know if they thought I had longevity in me, yeah. but they reached out to me, and it was for an internship. So okay. it, it was just an internship for. I had the shortest internship in Barstool history. I think it was a week long. So you dropped out of college to pursue an internship at Barstool no, Sports? No, no. I did full-time Barstool Sports and full-time biochem major in college for like a, a year. Okay. What did the internship at Barstool pay? God, I think it was like 20 bucks an hour. Okay. So it's like an hourly. It was an hourly thing. You could okay. only do 40 hours a week. I was working way more than that, but I wasn't telling them because I just yeah. like really wanted the job. Yeah. So I was just pushing shit out, but it was very much like couldn't like live off of that. And what shit. the hell does an intern at Barstool do? Like what do you, what you actually had to do that? So this is the great part about Barstool mm -hmm. is if you want to be an intern, it's free realm. So I could just go in and do whatever I wanted, make whatever content I wanted to make. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, they'd be like, sign R. Because I was on with, I think four or five other interns and I was the only one that got hired because they weren't trying. So what okay. I did basically is I created my brand, which was, Plan Brie, and it started as an Instagram page. Okay. So I pumped out an Instagram video and a YouTube video a day, and I recorded and edited it all by myself. And I pumped one out a day, and then I just started funneling them ideas. Mm -hmm. And then I also worked on my merch, and it just kind of took off from there. That is wild. Okay, so when you create that Instagram, mm -hmm. Plan Brie, when you're an intern, mm -hmm. Do you own the Instagram or do they own the Instagram? They own it. They own it. Yeah. Okay. So and they so, own my IP. Okay. And so then you go through the internship. After the internship, that is when you're offered the 75K job. Yes. That's when I, I think it was, I think it might've just been 70. I can't remember. It was like three years ago, but yeah, it was sure. 70K. And I was like, okay. this is so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, un unreal. Unreal money. Yeah. yeah I thought yeah. it was crazy. And this, so Fran and Rhea, it's kind of same situation mm -hmm. in which they were interns early on in school. Yep. And Fran's at Georgetown where mom and dad go. It's like fucking Ivy League know, school yeah. and drops out. And this Barcelona wasn't one tenth of what oh my God, it, was. it was. like nothing. It was a then. joke. It was yeah. nothing. Yeah. So she took a huge risk. It paid off. What made you decide I'm going to leave? And, uh, by the way, your senior year. Like you're almost done. Why not just get the damn almost degree? Done. Almost done. So I kind of looked at it as, so my whole life I wanted to do something creative. Like okay. I used to make... In my hometown, we would have auditions. I would audition like people in my neighborhood to make movies. I would write them, direct them on my little camera. So I just always wanted to do something creative. Yeah. But I come from a family where I'm like the first one. My parents didn't go to college. They grew up in the projects. They barely graduated high school. Like we're very like low class and I wanted to do something for my family. So yeah. I felt like I almost had to. So I went to school pre-med because wow. my parents wanted me to go to school pre-med. And then I think it was my junior or sophomore year, I called my dad. I was like, please, 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 can I change my minor to film? And he was like, what the fuck are you going to do with that? I'm like, no, I promise like, I could do something with it because I wanted to do screenwriting. Like, That's my long-term goal. And I changed it to film and I fell in love with it and I hated pre-med. Okay. So once I got the barstool opportunity and I was like happy, yeah. I was enjoying what I was doing for work. I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, I'm dropping out and I'm doing something that I want to do. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh my God. That's into mom and dad. Like, what are they saying to you when you're going to drop out senior year? Oh, that was tough. That was really tough. It yeah. was a lot of convincing, a lot of promises that I'll pay them back for all my loans, all of that. Still working on it, did some of it. But it was more, more so they saw that I was happy because yeah. pre-med is... It was not easy. I was like mentally not there. I was also an athlete. So it was, I was just miserable. They like didn't even know who I was anymore. And once yeah. I got this bar stool opportunity, they were like, oh, Brianna's back. So they were like, 
just do what you want. And when you told them the money behind it, did that change anything for them? A little bit. When I started okay. paying my own bills, because they were like, this isn't going to be, what are you talking about? You're making yeah. videos on, on the Instagram, the Facebook is what yeah, they say. I'm um, okay. like, yeah, no. And then I started paying my bills. They weren't paying my rent. They, I haven't asked for money since I got my job. And so they were, they were like, all right, you're, like, you're good. Just go for it. Yeah. Okay. So you build your social media following right now, TikTok, go follow Brianna Chicken Fry, 1.6 million, Twitter, 102,000 followers, Instagram, 419,000 followers. That's a shit ton of global followers, right? That's like one point, you know, that's almost two, it's over 2 million followers. Were you making any, other than your merch, were you making any money off your social media before you went to Barstool? No. I was doing, I was an idiot. So I fell into the trap, which I think a lot of influencers do too, is the gifting exchange. Uh, So I was taking free things and just like posting a video for them, thinking that that's, because they they email me about gifting. They don't even mention money. So I'm like, I don't have a manager. I don't, I live in Ohio. There's not another person that's on TikTok here, like Mm -hmm. that has a following. I have no one to ask. So Mm -hmm. I was just accepting all these giftings, giving them free promo, making zero money. God, yeah, oh my was, God, that's irritating because really is is now the case that Barstool, do they take over the IP of what you built before you built it and before you came to Barstool? Like, so do they own those? They don't have Brianna Chicken Fry. The okay. only thing they own is my YouTubes, my, obviously my IP plan Brie and my, like my merch. Okay, so if you, you can then take deals from Brianna Chicken Fry and Brianna LaPaglia on Instagram, without Barstool having to approve it. If I were to leave Barstool. So in my contract with all of our advertisers, we're not allowed to like take outside ad- advertising. So I can't like do a swipe up or anything like that because it could conflict with some of my advertising in my podcast. There could be like exclusivity stuff. issues or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's exclusivity, That's yeah. That's wild. That you're leaving, there's a lot of money you're leaving on the table for I that. I know, I know. So obviously you're part of BFF's podcast, huge, huge podcast. Mm-hmm. It's you, Josh, and Dave. Mm-hmm. You're like the glue of that podcast. I I, I consider you, you like the backbone. <laughs> they need you. Yeah, it, it got pod- a lot better when I came on. It got and way I, better. I barely even talked in the beginning, but they yeah. just needed, it was too bro-y. It, yeah, was, it was like, way too bro. They needed balance. They needed you get, something. And they needed someone to like kind of, they got big personalities. They need someone to check them. Yeah, And I yeah. love the way you check them. Yeah, you do thank that you. Great. Thank but you. But you're telling me that like, so Josh, all those followers, all the deals on his table. He can't do a deal unless Barstool approves it? He can because he's not a full-time Barstool employee. Interesting. So he, he okay. like, the only thing he is with Barstool on is BFFs. Okay. So I'm like a full-time Barstool employee, whereas Josh isn't. So okay. he can do all of his other ventures. He can do all of his other things. And so this is when we talk about career advancement and pay transparency. And I know this is very specific to Barstool, but mm-hmm. a lot of people in all different industries and worlds, walks of life, go through this at some point. Mm-hmm. Like rubber meets the road. Like we saw it with Alex Cooper mm-hmm. in Barstool. You're building, you're on the same trajectory as her in the same path. First question, do you feel like you are? Do you see that you're doing like, like in, a, in a rate at what she was doing, what you're doing? Do you agree with that or no? No, I don't. I mean, this is a, At Barstool, I'm always compared or not compared, but kind of just like aligned with Alex because we, I don't know, started doing the same thing. We have the same podcast and I blew up quickly as she did. Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of scary to be compared to her. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I like to be compared to her. Obviously, I want to be like her. Yeah. But at the same time, it just feels like a lot of pressure. Like, I feel like I need to grow a certain amount every single quarter so that like my next year... If I'm not on the Alex Cooper trajectory anymore, am I going to get my raise? Am I going to get this? You know, so it's, I just feel like it's a lot to live up to mm-hmm. in a good way, but also it's a lot on me. Do you ever think about going off? There's more value in going off on your own and not worrying about your next raise and just being your own brand? Or yeah, of to course. you, is that, is, I mean, like, is that in a future plan or is that TBD? Of course, of course, I always think about like leaving Barstool, what it would look like, not because I want to, but because Dave says like Barstool is a stepping stone. So it's yeah, like, if you get thing. really big, you know, we can't afford to pay you a $60 million Spotify sure, deal. Sure. So it is a stepping stone. And I know eventually one day I will leave, Yeah, but it's more so, it's so scary that when I do leave, I don't have that like 
comfort zone, the guarantee of, you know, my next paycheck or like my health benefits or all of just like the company that backs me no matter what Mm -hmm. is what I love about Barstool. So yeah, I think about it, but also I get scared about it. I get that too. So, I mean, just in this world, there's so much, we talk about a lot with influencers that come on and stuff. You, it could end tomorrow. Like you just don't know when your next deal is going to come in and the rate at which it comes in, your engagement, things that Mm -hmm. impact it. And so even when you're trying to like budget, it's like, okay, this year was massive, but how, what do I do for next year? And I do agree the stability has got to be a huge factor. Oh, it's huge. And then that's my biggest thing because I went to LA and I talked to, I had a Brooke Schofield on my podcast. She's she's also like an influencer, but she's not to the extent of like Josh Richards, Bryce Hall. So I feel like she's kind of smaller than me, but similar to me in a way where if I were to leave, we would kind of be in the same boat. And she like struggling. She doesn't know when her next deal is coming in. She takes deals that she can't take other deals because there's like a crossover. So she can't do them. And she's just like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent if I don't take these deals. It's just scary. And I don't know. What's her following? Do you know? Um, I'm just curious. I think she's pretty... She's like smaller. I think she has like 200,000. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was on a big podcast with Tana Mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that like blew her up and I don't know, it's just scary like the value. I don't I don't know what my value would be outside of our store. And it's interesting even in the world of like the bachelor guys and girls, we try and do what you guys do, like mm-hmm. what you just did, like compare. There's no comparison. No. There's I was just with Clayton who was a bachelor just like literally like six months ago. Mm-hmm. And he was saying he can't find a deal anywhere. And the thing is, is it's just crazy that so many people could be in similar lanes, but have totally different things happen. It's crazy. It's like almost luck. I don't know. Yeah. There's and no- there's this weird like loophole on TikTok because there's a lot of people that have millions of followers and then they they have like a million followers on Instagram, right? And I have what, 400,000? Yeah. Their engagement is like so much lower than mine. I yeah, have like yeah, a yeah. very high engagement. Totally. So it's it's crazy because they'll get way paid so much more for these deals when in reality, if I were to get the deal, I should be getting paid more because my followers are like followers. Like yeah. they listen to what I say. They like like what I say. They like like to listen to me and their other followers just are there to like like a picture, which is crazy. So when you, when you want to gauge a uh, a brand deal. It's like, how do you explain that to someone? Yeah. Well, what we're seeing in our talent agency is these brands now have these crazy softwares mm-hmm. where they're tapping into all your numbers. Okay. And your followers don't mean shit. Yeah. Like, and we're seeing it. So we'll see someone with four hundred thousand followers mm-hmm. that'll be have engagement that is at like scored at like an A plus level versus someone who has two million followers. Mm-hmm. And that four hundred thousand dollar deal, they will now get paid three x of the two million followers. Yeah. And it also they break down your audience. So there's a lot more equity if you have a female based audience right now. Yeah. Why? All girls. Right. Because women in general, mm-hmm. according to every study that's out there marketing, will swipe more often. Mm-hmm. They will click more often. They will buy more often. Yeah. So that's where the numbers go. It's it's crazy. All right. I got I to gotta get your take on this. 54% of Americans between the ages of 13 and 38 are saying they want to become an influencer full-time if given the chance. Given like your trajectory of being pre-med, going to, changing your major, dropping out of school, doing what you're doing now, would you recommend this as a career track? Oh God, no. I, <laughs> no way I wouldn't. And this is coming from someone who's like hit the lottery here. Yeah. I'm shocked to hear that. I mean, of course it's amazing, but I think it truly, especially in my lane, if you were to do the exact same thing I do, if you were to work for Barstool, it's very mentally taxing. And I don't think people understand that when you sign up to do this, there's no turning back. And people have such like fixated perceptions of me and they think that I'm this person that I'm completely not, which you, it's just, you have to realize if you're signing up to become an influencer Mm -hmm. or to be a social media person, you're, you're throwing away that like normalcy and it's gone for a very long time, if not forever. So what's the biggest change you've seen from your normal life before to today? For the good and bad, like what is a, a really good thing and what is something that you're like, this is, I don't know, it's taking a mental toll. It's messed me up a little bit. Yeah, I think the best thing obviously is just, I have like full creative freedom with whatever I do. And it's like, whatever I want to put out there, I can put out there. It's yeah. the best job in that aspect where it's like, I'm not working a nine to five and it is the best job ever. But at the same time, I feel like I'm like not a person anymore. Like when mm. I go out and do things, my whole demographic is college girls. So whenever I'm going out with my friends on the weekend, like I have to remember someone's looking at me or a girl's going to come up to me and I can't be stupid. I have to watch what I say. I'm also a people pleaser. Yeah. So everyone 
I just try to make everyone happy, especially everyone yeah. that meets me. And I do these tours. It's just so draining. Yeah. If you are like that and you're mm-hmm. trying to give everyone so much, that will drain your yeah. batteries completely. Yeah. So I, I would just say, realize what you're signing up for. And also, not to sound like a dick, but everyone these days thinks yeah. they could be thinks they can be an influencer. So yeah. You have to be a certain type of person. You have to have a personality for it. You have to have like a, a knack for it. You can't just turn on your camera and people aren't just going to watch you to watch yeah. you. You also, and it's so much easier said than done, you also genuinely have to not give a shit. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, those comments, like if you go searching for those, they'll eat you up. Oh, and people God. beat the shit. It doesn't matter if you're like the perfect person. Oh, you no. will get the shit kicked out of you mm-hmm. one way or another. And people say they can handle that. Mm-hmm. But then what happens, or at least I've seen from the reality shows and people we've worked with and stuff, is they start changing everything about themselves mm-hmm. to try and meet the expectations of what haters are saying. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're seeing someone in the camera and you're like, who the fuck is that? It's not even them not anymore. Not the person I follow. Yeah, not at all. Exactly. Not at all. Exactly. What kind of, I think about that, that the comments change their kind of like career personality. What kind of like metrics or things do Barstool look at you for to judge if you're being successful? I would say probably my biggest thing now that they're judging me off of is my Sleep When You're Dead tours, like my ticket sales and who show up. Like if my parties are sold out, if we put the tickets out, if they're going to sell it, because that shows there's people that are online, there's people that are going to like your pictures. But if you can have, you know, like 500 people do a thousand people show up at each school that you're going to, that shows that you have pull and you have people that are going to come out, people that are going to buy your products. So I would say probably that. And then, of course, my podcast numbers by myself, my Plan Breed one. Okay. Do you get all the downloads and numbers for all your podcasts or no? Do they not give no, you No, I, I don't. So you don't have a clue then what num- what podcast blows up or which one doesn't Mm-mm. do well. I can see, obviously, my YouTube views, which right. are majority of my podcast is a watch podcast. So, yeah, but the back end of it. Yeah, I don't really see that. Interesting. I would think they would give you that feedback just so you can adjust like guests. I don't know, your style. Yeah, stuff my like producer that, can see like once in a while, but yeah. I don't know it like every day. Would you want to know it? Yeah, of course. Okay, because there's a lot of people that are like, I'd, like yeah. ignorance is bliss. I don't want to know. I'll just keep doing my thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Because then you can see what works, what doesn't, and like if you're doing well or not. <laughs> okay, I love it. When we said that we were having you on, the Money Mafia, those are the people that listen to the show. Their biggest question so basic, but this is their basic question. <laughs> what is it like having Dave as a boss? What is it like working alongside Josh in the public, kind of seeing when people mm-hmm. go after him behind closed doors and on set? Okay. So like I said, when I first started Barstool, I didn't really know who Dave was. I knew he was a pizza guy. Yeah. So I did my research before I went in and I was like, holy shit, this guy's fucking scary. Like I was so scared of him. Like really? I saw a video that he made Rhea cry at on stool scenes. I saw that he just yells at people and he's just this outlandish character. So when I went in, I was terrified of him. And I mean, that was completely wrong. He's the best boss. I mean, I haven't had many bosses, but he is the best person to work with. He gives you full creative freedom. If you want a, if you want something, all you have to do is ask and he'll be straight up. He'll say no, or he'll say, yeah, you deserve it. If you think that you deserve something and you put it on the plate for him, he gives it to you, which is the craziest thing about a boss. Like I can walk into my CEO's office. I can walk into Dave's office and I can have a conversation with them without feeling like I'm being belittled or like there's yeah. like a barrier in the way. It's very transparent. And also, he's just like a nice dude. Like he's just a great person to work with. He's hilarious. And he makes you want to work harder. That's, imp- that's impressive. I mean, you hear so much about just there's so much bullshit so out much there, shit, good yeah. and bad. Yeah. But you're, this is coming from someone who works with him daily, like on the regs. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's good to know. And how about Josh? Josh. <laughs> I like, had, that's totally different. <laughs> no, Josh is great, but I had such, I don't know, I had a perception of him before I met him. I thought he was going to be one of those TikTok, like, you know, asshole dudes that just think they're better than everyone and yeah. all they do is dance on TikTok. <laughs> and so I had very low expectations. I was like, I'm not going to like this kid. And when I started BFFs, I didn't really get too close to him. And then I went to LA and I got to meet him in person. And he is the sweetest kid ever, the hardest worker. He's so supportive. He's also like trying to help me in any way, shape or form he can. He tells me about all his business shit. He tells me what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. He's just like, it's so crazy how young he is because I'm like, this is a mini Dave in a way. It's just, it's crazy. I look up to him, but he's younger than me. 
Interesting. I think it's brilliant what Dave did by getting, because there's no way Dave can connect that audience, no. that age group Mm-mm. without Josh. Mm-mm. So to have him and then expose your podcast to Major. all those numbers is just huge. Because even Instagram and TikTok, mm-hmm. it's such different people. Oh, so different. I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah. Who would you say is the best guest you guys ever had? And who would be your dream guest? Hmm. Best guest we've ever had, I think... I want to say, um, maybe maybe Nessa. Okay. Nessa, I wasn't even on for the episode, yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like, she's just like the she's just the best. I like look up to her too. I think she was one of the best guests. But then funny wise, I would say, do you know who Jeffrey Star is? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah People yeah. hate oh. him, but yeah. I, he was like the nicest person I had ever met. And really? when he came on the pod, I still I didn't have many followers, and okay. he was so nice to me. There's so many guests that when they come on the pod, they look past me because they're like, it's Josh and it's Dave. And I take that into account. I'm like, it shows what type of person you are, how you treat people. hundred percent. It just, it shows, it shows. And there's been a lot of guests that have just overlooked me and just pretend that I'm not there. Jeffree Star was like the sweetest person I've ever met. Okay. And dream guest. Dream guest, Emma Chamberlain. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. I'm sure you guys could pull it off. All right. So you have three podcasts then total. Right now. Two. You have two podcasts. Yes. Two podcasts in the tour. Yes, right. yes. How many episodes are you recording a week? Three. Okay, so three episodes. And the time commitment, if someone wanted to put in perspective what it takes to operate two podcasts, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, obviously you have a team. What do you think you put into prep, execution, post-planning, content, everything within a given week? I would say, should I say just me or my, like, my team? I'm, I'm probably, yeah, I'm curious both answers, actually. Okay, okay so for... It has changed over the years. When I first started it by myself, Plan Brie, it was probably four to five hours of preparation because I was so tedious about what I was putting out and I was so worried if it was going to be good or not. Mm -hmm. So I put a lot of work into it before because it was just me in the beginning. So I would say like four to five hours for one episode and then post-edit, it would probably be like three to four hours. So give or take whatever that is. And that is one episode. Now I do two. We have... I have a co-host and we have a whole set we have to edit, we have to clip. So I would say it's like takes like a three days fully for like one episode. Yeah, I don't think people, that's why I ask because I don't think people realize how much time. People yeah. just think you guys just get on the mic no. and just rip it. No. Okay, and that's it, crazy. It has built up a lot too. Like now we just got a, a big studio, but yeah. I mean, it started from a, a microphone in my college dorm. So it you got to like put in the work to, to receive. A hundred percent. With Dave and his antics and like, I mean, the guy is brilliant on camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is is a lot, and you, it, these days too, you get so much exposure to how much is planned. Would you say a lot of his stuff is like premeditated, scripted, and planned in your stuff? Or is it like, is it all off the cuff? I would say with Dave, it's like all off the cuff, but he has like a switch. So when the camera's on, he, he is Dave. Like he's camera Dave. He's Dave Portnoy. He's El Presidente, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but when the camera's on, he is like, He's, he's said it before. He's like, I don't want to do this, but like, it's awkward if like yeah. he's doing a pizza review and he just doesn't want to say crazy shit. He's like, I have to. It's yeah, good for yeah. the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when the when the switch is off, he's very much like a mellow, chill dude. Keeps to himself. Yeah, fascinating. All right, on camera and off camera. What about the performance of the show? You don't get the downloads, but are there any type of bonuses you would get based on how the show did or or any type of metrics that you are keeping an eye on to try and like achieve these next levels of monetization? Yeah, so this is the pros and cons of being with Barstool. It's, we don't get, we don't get anything extra if like episodes do well. It's like in the contract. So okay. we sell our ads through Barstool. So whoever buys into it, they buy into it. They give the money to Barstool, we get our salary. So it's more so that I get bonuses through my merch. Okay, so you get bonuses through your merch. Yeah. And how long is the contract, like how long are you stuck to it or tied to a contract? I or signed am, to a contract? it's different for everybody. So when I signed my first contract, it was two years. Okay. And then I renegotiated and I signed for another two years when that was almost up. So I'm, my contract right now is until May of 2024. May 2024. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when at this time when you negotiate, will you just be doing it yourself or like will you engage someone to help you? I will engage someone else engage because someone. I've okay. been since I've kind of blown up in the past, I don't know, five or six months, I've been getting some crazy offers from other people, from other companies. 
And like, it's crazy, like getting poached from people. Like what's the craziest offer you got? I got a, I got a million dollar offer. Damn. Yeah. For, what would you have to do? Was it a brand thing or like a pause show thing? No, it, it was to go join another team somewhere else. Damn. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, but, that had to be like stressful, but also wildly encouraging. Wildly encouraging. Also, when I when I got that deal, uh, do you know KFC? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. called him up. He's like kind of my backbone at Barcel. He's been yeah. like my dad there. He's told me what to go for, what to ask for, you know, stuff like that. So when I got that deal, or I think I was just talking to him one day and I mentioned it and he called me. He's like, Bree, we need to talk about this. Like, you need to know what to do with this. Even if you're not going to go for it, you can use it as leverage. You need to know who to talk to, what That's to so do. That's so cool that he offered that. Oh, he's the yeah. best. He's the best. So we talked about it and it's kind of just been in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. And when I renegotiate, I can obviously bring that up, but I'm not going to say who it was with, but, sure, you don't have to do that. Yeah. but with the deal, it's, it's not long. So it would be like, I go do this. I leave Barstool behind. This could last six to eight months to a year. And then what? And then it's over. And then I have that million dollars, but then what am I fucking doing? So I'm kind of just like, it's still up in the air. I'm trying to figure out. I talk about this with Erica also. Yeah, um, who's great. She's been on the show. The she best. she endorsed my book. Huge fan. She's the best. Every, everyone at the freaking company, honestly, is but People have all this bullshit they say, and then you meet these people and talk to them, and everyone is unbelievable. Why do you think I didn't take that million-dollar deal? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I fucking love Barstool. Yeah. And, but with Erica, I think it's this self-doubt thing, which has she has it too. I have it. I think a lot of successful people have it. Yeah. It's just I'm always in the back of my head thinking, fuck, am I doing enough? Can I do better? Mm -hmm. I'm not there. I always am reaching for more. And I think that's why I'm like, I don't take a step back and realize that what I'm doing is great. And I am doing very well for myself. Yeah. But if I didn't have the self-doubt, I don't think I would be progressing at all. Why wait though until May 2024 to bring this opportunity? I'm not. Say, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's all I'm saying. It's like, we have mid-year reviews yeah. at Barstool. So. I would go up there and bring yeah. that and say, I did this once in my banking job. I got an offer from a competitor and I just went in and I said, it was not a million dollars. And I said to them, it's like, I don't want to leave. I mm -hmm. love this place. And I'm not even asking you to match this. Yeah. But like, can you take a hard look at this and just do what you think is right? Mm -hmm. And they came back, it was like 48 hours. I think it was like a 30 or 40% raise. Mm -hmm. But that was a, it was a, I don't know, five minute conversation. Yeah. Like, and for hours of, I think about the hours of work, 40% means in your pocket, know, you know? I know. So it's wild predicaments. What tip would you give, you know, young female, mm -hmm. you've created this direction way, not very entrepreneurial. What tip would you give someone that just feels like they're lost in life? They can't figure it out. They don't know where to go. Yeah, I, I mean, we've all been there, right? And just don't know what we're doing or feel like we don't know what we're doing. I would say, and it's so cliche, but really you have to believe in yourself. If you yeah. are always, and I think I used to do this a lot, I was just very negative or I was like a pessimist with everything that I did. I just didn't think that what I was doing was enough or I would compare myself to other women. And that was my biggest downfall was mm -hmm. comparing myself to other people. Once I just looked at myself in the mirror and yeah. I was like, this is what you're doing. Stop looking at Emma Chamberlain. Stop looking at Alex Cooper. Stop sure. looking at this other person or comparing yourself to someone that's doing the same thing. Yeah. I was like on this fast track where I wasn't looking back. Also don't let men intimidate you, I which that. I have felt they try to do a lot, especially when you're a young female. They think that you're stupid. They think that they have the upper hand on you and that they can walk all over you because mm -hmm. you're young and you're a girl. And just don't be intimidated by men. Chris Shellstaus from Selling Sunset came on. She said her tip, she would deal with these extremely wealthy men in LA mm -hmm. who had the biggest egos and she's representing them to buy, mm -hmm. the, buy their uh, property. And she even said sometimes, I know everything they're talking about but just because I literally nod my head and act like they're informing me, they feel good. Little they know I'm four steps ahead and then they're buying the house for me mm -hmm. and who's laughing to the bank with the mm -hmm. check. Do you have a strategy you use when you do feel intimidated that maybe someone could like try to use themselves? Yeah, maybe. I guess I'm a little opposite. Okay. <laughs> I'm very much like I want you to know that I know that we're equal and it's an equal playing field. Okay. So when I go into a place, I feel like a lot of women and even some of the women I work with or even like, my, my co-host, who is my best friend, I try to like give her advice. She's very timid or doesn't want to speak up when it's yeah. something that she wants to like advocate for herself for. I'm just be loud, be okay. loud, be aggressive with what you want. And I think I take that from Erica. 
because she has taught me so much and the way that she handles herself. And it's not in a, I don't know, over the top way. You're not being arrogant or aggressive in a way that, you know, it's annoying, but it's just be loud with what you want and like speak up for yourself, Mm -hmm. which I I never used to do until Barstool, which is weird. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone at Barstool that kills it at Barstool and outside of Barstool, you're like, you know, Paul Bissonnette and Erica and Dave and you and Ja, all you guys, you guys all kind of have that common mm-hmm. trait. Just like speak up for you want, make yeah. it loud, make it proud and, yeah. and do it. It's very um, Boston. It's Boston. it's very yeah. Boston, very Northeast, you guys. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. Before we get into your trading secret, I got to ask you just a little bit about like money management. So young girl, drop out of school, you got, you're coming to this money, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. How do you like manage all this? Like it's a lot different than you said, the way you grow, yes, grew up. Yes. Are there any like principles you try to use when it comes to money management? Yes, for sure. So like, like I said, my parents have no idea really what I do and <laughs> I make more money than my parents ever have now. So it's, it's hard for me to go to them for advice and be like, what should I be saving? What should I do? But I'm very scared that one day, like it's all going to be gone. Yeah. And then I'm like, where's my next check? I need my money. So every single bonus that I've ever gotten from the day that I made that my money back from my merch yeah. or doubled it, whatever, I put every penny away. So every extra income that I get, I put away. I also mm. do all of these shows where Barstool lets me do where I like tour and I work with DJs and I throw events. Every Every penny I get, extra income, I put it all away. Nice. So my savings is great. My savings is a lot. And also my boyfriend has taught me like how to invest. And oh, I just, I mean, he hasn't really taught me, kind of does it for me, but find <laughs> someone that knows how to invest. There you go. And if then you don't, find let them help you. Yeah. Cause I had no idea what sure. I was doing. And I talked to my boyfriend about it and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll show you. I'm like trying to learn, but now I have money and different things and I love it. get to watch your money grow. Okay. So when he, last question about this, the things he tells you invest in, I know he's kind of helping it and he's, he yeah, knows he's what he's doing, really doing it. but do you know any of like the, well, maybe one or two investments you might be in? I think, I think I invested in like Tesla a little bit there you ago, go. All right, a while ago. One. And then I invested in Fuck, I invested in some drink, but I probably can't even say it because I'll get in trouble with like oh, yeah, Barstool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, I, so I invest even... in a lot of like niche little things yeah. that I, I see and I think are going to do well or that I'm passionate about. Okay. And then I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm attached to something that I like and I want to watch grow. So that's perfect. Good. Yeah. So that, I mean, so Daniela Monet just came out. She was on Disney Channel. So that's what she, that was, her advice was like, go invest in just stuff that you know and you like. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like Whole Foods. I just like it. I yeah. don't know anything about, I don't know what a balance sheet is. I don't uh-huh. know what an income statement is, but go invest in Whole Foods. Exactly, yeah. And then you'll have like pride in it and you'll be able to mm-hmm. pay attention and get you started. That is awesome. Brianna, this has been a great episode, extremely informative. Congrats on all your success, but you got to leave us with one trading secret. Trading secret someone couldn't find in a textbook or learn in a classroom. They can only hear from your story. It could be about career advancement, money management, life navigation. What can you leave us with? Hmm. Well, I think the easy one is always be 10 minutes or more early, like always be 10 minutes Shit, early. And you know what? You were 10 minutes early Always, here. always be 10 minutes early, no matter what it is in life. It like builds time management, which is like so, so important. My yeah. dad always taught me to be early to things. Like even if I'm going to coffee with my friends, I'm early. It just builds that. If you're early, it, things will come to you and people will notice. So always be early to things. And then this one, I think this is more for if you want to be an influencer, if you want to go into the industry that I'm in, mm-hmm. keep a friend like close to you at all times. Keep a friend from before all of it. I have my ride or die with me that if I didn't have that friend or that rock to keep me grounded, I would probably be sitting here and being like, oh, I'm the shit, I'm the best. And then I would crumble. So I think keep someone that you value and that you trust their opinion close to you at all times in life. Those are great trading secrets, especially just to have that person to keep you grounded. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's major. The, the rocky road of life in all directions, mm-hmm. career will drive your ego or depression or anxiety in so many different levels mm-hmm. and different chapters. Having that solid foundation is everything. Brianna, this has been unbelievable. Your story is fucking wild. College <laughs> dropout goes to Barstool absolutely crushes it. Thank you for being on this episode of Trading Secrets. Where can people, I know we talked a little bit about the podcast, but tell everyone where they can find your merch, your live shows, and your handles. 
Yes. Okay. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. But uh, you can find me on Instagram, Brianna Chicken Fry, TikTok, Brianna Chicken Fry. But my most passionate things, obviously, are my podcast. So Plan Brie Uncut on YouTube and BFF's podcast. So beautiful. Guys, if you need a good laugh, go check it out. It's unbelievable stuff. And stay tuned for the recap. We are going to dive into all things Barstool Sports. And the Curious Canadian will be here to ask his questions about Brianna's career. Ding, ding. We are closing in the bell to the one, the only, the Brie episode. Now, uh, okay, let's be a little, let's be a little honest here. I had to do a lot more research for this podcast. I know Dave Portnoy. I don't know the BFF podcast until this episode. I see we're always like back and forth on the charts with them. Like who's doing better? But the reason we had Brie on is because David's a huge, like you name TikTok. David knows all these guys and girls. I don't. She's awesome, though. It was really cool talking to her. I got educated on her, her, her growth. And if you just listen to that podcast, and I made you believe that I knew her going into the podcast <laughs> with the prep I did, that shows you people at home, my money mafia, how much work I was doing because I didn't. And I know she's huge, so I'm not discrediting her. I know she's massive and has big community. So this should have been David's episode. So this recap will be David's episode. David, Curious Canadian, what'd you think about it? How pumped are you that we got her? Talk to me about what you're feeling. Yeah, just, I mean, I, I'm going to fangirl a little bit. Like, I just love what she's about, what she's doing, her unfilter, her rawness. Like, I've always thought if I was ever in that world, like, there's certain people that I'd want to be like, and it's people who are unfiltered and unapologetically like themselves. And, like, that's who she is. So, getting her on or, or guests like her, I think, is really awesome. I'm honestly just like curious about that too, and, and how she got there and how she navigates her life. And I think that she opens up about struggles that she has or things that she's learning in ways that other people who may be more established or more like polished don't. So, I thought she was awesome. I learned a ton. I think if you're a fan of hers and listen, you're going to hear her talk in, a w- in, talk in a way and about things that she never has before, which is what I love about our podcast. Um, yeah, you did good. You know, you did good. You navigated your way through it. A couple funny moments I had on the side that I'll bring up later. But um, yeah, I mean, she was fucking awesome. Yeah, um, and I know, I, jo- I, I know Josh Richards is like a massive deal. He's like th- like the guy on TikTok. And and still mm-hmm. like I, so I don't I just don't know enough about him. And I almost screwed up and said Josh Richardson. And then like <laughs> what what, I, so I was like going slow and and when I got into this podcast, by the way, we had some tequila, like there was tequila there from when Shannon Ford, because I, I interviewed Shannon Ford before it. And she was like, oh shit. Let's rip it. You know, let's take a shot. So we took a couple shots before. So I was like, oh my God, I almost said Josh Richardson. And if I said that, she would have been like, wow, you really are this like old washed up donkey. <laughs> well, I, I, I got to put you on the spot here. Okay. She said that her favorite guest she's had in PF, BFF so far was Nessa. You, you don't, you don't have a no idea. Is, do I have no, but did, wait, did you, could you tell that I had no idea? <laughs> well, only because I know you. I was like, there's no shot that he knows who Nessa is. Oh my God. I mean, I think my reaction was, hey, hey, Marshall, back at uh, Dear Media, can you edit the clipping of my reaction right here? So we'll take a quick <laughs> little break. Let's add, let's take in the exact response. Now, this podcast I did a month ago, I'm going to guess it was something like this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because if I knew her, I would have followed up. I was like, Nessa, uh, you know, my man, Marshall, can you roll that back? What was my response? Can you play that clip? Who would you say is the best guest you guys ever had? And who would be your dream guest? Hmm, I want to say maybe maybe Nessa. Okay. Nessa. I wasn't even on for the episode, but I was like, she's just like the best. She's just the best. I like look up to her too. I think she was one of the best guests. Yeah, I mean, just so you know now, so you're clear, Nessa is Josh Richards' ex-girlfriend. Mm. Hot in the streets, their breakup. She left him for his best friend. It was big in the TikTok streets. It's it's pretty much honestly a, a part of the reason why BFFs blew up because they kind of broke the news on the podcast and Josh kind of said first, you know, talked about it first on the podcast. So can I just say something real quick, business wise, the whole TikTok thing. I know we're, we have all different generations that listen to this podcast. I, I, I struggle to connect with why these TikTokers have become so big. And then I do a little more reflecting and I think about, I'll never forget it. 
Hawk Jameson's dad, who's known me forever, and I've known him forever, our good best friend, Hawk Jameson, Caitlin and I walk into a bar, and this is going to sound extremely like I'm pumping my tires, and I'm trying not to, but this is like right when we announced we're dating. So the relevancy was much higher. Like, I'm not trying to pump my tires, but people are like just, it was also a college bar, and people were going nuts. They're they're pulling us in every direction. There's pictures, you know, it was was exactly our demographic that follows us. And they're they're pushing and shoving, and oh my God, probably for Caitlin, not for me. But anyway, Mr. Jameson looked at me and he's like, I am so, he whispered in my ear, I am so happy for you, but like, can you explain this to me? I just don't get it. And it reminds me of that moment. I feel like the Mr. Jameson of these TikTokers, but then I connected. I think it's like the first early generation TikTokers, the people like Addison Ray and all these people, the Dick, uh, the, the Emilios, they almost like, if I'm going to connect it to my old brain, it's like, they were like the first ever, like imagine season one of The Bachelorette with a new platform where they became like the people people were watching and then they shared all their stuff, but it's just ongoing. Is that like any what accurate, David? Yeah, I think so. I mean, anytime you're an OG of something like and it becomes popular, like people are going to turn to those people and be like, why are they so popular? And then whether they like it or not, you're going to consume their content and you're going to form opinions about them. And when you form opinions about them, good, bad, or ugly, it's going to be talked about. It's going to be in front of your face. Like they are the gold standard. Why though? Here's the question. Why though? Like Wayne Gretzky is the gold standard because he's the best hockey player. Uh, We know some of the dance. Like there's reason. Like why is it that Josh Richards and uh, Bree and uh, all these, you know, uh, Griffin Johnson, who we have coming on the Mm -hmm. podcast, what is it about them that made them like the stars of TikTok? I think to be honest, bluntly honest, like I think, Looks plays a huge part in it. Okay, I, I mean they're all in, super good looking. You know, everyone, they're all super the guys, good looking. They're all they're all super good looking. I think relatability. I think just the the they are the standard of the trends, and so everyone look at the hairdos. When Justin Bieber came out, Justin Bieber, everyone was doing the Justin Bieber comb over. Now Josh Richards and Bryce Hall and Griffin Johnson all do the little thing with the hair in front of their face, like the bangs and the curled style. Every single guy does that too. Whether you're a hockey player, whether you're this. Everyone has that hair now, too. They're just trendsetters. They're what people go for. I mean, think about when we were that, you know, in that age, the people that we turned to in the in the resources that we had, whether it be like, you know, boy bands or things like that, or like, man, I used to wear basketball jerseys in high school because like, that's what like the hip hop artists were. Okay, like, but hang on. I just, let me stop you. That's what the yeah. hip hop artists were. That's what Eminem wore. That's what 50 Cent wore. I'm going to go back to this. Is the explanation because they were... TikTok came on early. Certain people adopted early in a certain demographic, which was younger, Gen Zers. So are you saying they were like the cool kids of TikTok in the early stages before you and I or any of us were on TikTok? Thousand percent. Okay. So they were, they were like, the, it was like the popular kids in high school, but for the first mm-hmm. kids that ever went on TikTok is this group. And then they all started meeting each other through social. They started dating, yes. breaking up and cheating and the drama got enticing and then the following grew. Is that right? L- living in houses together like they went all in and it's just consumable after consumable yeah 100% that's exactly what it is exactly okay got yeah. it and we met with one of uh, Michael Gruen uh, met with him several times he was one of the brains behind the operations and putting all these people together and in the houses and stuff like that really I really enjoyed my conversation with Michael Gruen so David that helps give context and I hope for the viewers at home and our money mafia like that makes that's starting to click for you and the questions I didn't ask were too much because it's something I didn't understand and I think I now do mm. fully understand. Got it. Michael Garun, very polarizing name in the TikTok world. I don't I, I think some of his relationships have soured since oh. we interviewed him. But oh, really? uh, neither here neither here nor there. Okay, I so get see, back to Brie. More stuff I didn't know. What do you think if I yeah, asked oh, yeah. Bree, if I said Bree, what do you think of Michael Garun? What do you think she would say? Uh <laughs> I don't want to put words in people's mouth, but I just don't think I mean Michael Gruen and Josh, they did a ton of business together, and I know I don't think that they do anymore. And Bree's probably going to take Josh's side. I just so they don't had a think blow. Josh and Michael had a blow up. As far as I know, I don't think they're very. I don't think they they have a relationship anymore. Got it. Okay, interesting. Now, I, I, I got it, dude. So. I feel this is like the first time ever. I'm really feeling fucking old, like a, just a little hag. Like I don't know anything anymore. This is when trading secrets blows up, and we do more more content stuff. We'll do like a you know trading uh, a TikTok like we've always talked about TikTok University or like updating people what's going on or the stuff that you shouldn't have to know 
but that little part in the back of your brain wants to know. Yeah. It's just what TikTok is. And I always it does like this is what it is. I always like to give a shout out to one of our very loyal listeners and our good friend's mother's Peggy Moore. I know Peggy mm-hmm. Moore back home. She doesn't know anything about TikTok. At least I shouldn't put more. But this is this is the like almost like Michael Jackson, like the big the, the Kardashians, the big monster A-list celebrities of that generation. Like, for example. David's kids, like David, the kids that you coach, they're six, mm-hmm. how are they, 16 or 18? Uh, 17, 18. 17, 18. 17, 18 are the most elite hockey players in the entire world are playing for David. So in their worlds, like their hometowns, they're the shit. They are the cool people. They're probably <laughs> going to go to the NHL and play D1. When David told them that we had Breon and maybe one day we'll have Josh Richards, they lost their shit. I only know that because you told me that. And I think like when I talk about Peggy Moore or something, that's how big they are. Like that's the 18-year-old studs of the studs that play for you are geeking out and putting you on a pedestal because you're connected to him somehow. Like that. And for me, it doesn't register in my brain. For Peggy, it doesn't register in her brain. (laughs) For you, it makes sense though. It does. And and again, I self-admittedly spend way too much time on TikTok. So getting people like these on is, is incredible. And I'll go back to what I said before. Her brand is shit show. Her brand is, as she said, hungover. Her brand is sleep when you're dead. Her brand is I'm going to a college tour and drink as much as I can. Her conversation she had with us was the complete opposite, right? I mean, she identified who, she, what her brand was, what her niche was. She has a plan moving forward. She's trying to understand her value. She's going around the office trying to figure out like salary and pay transparency. She's very, she, it was just, I thought it was incredible. Like just hearing the business side, how her brains work, how she's trying to leverage everything, how she's trying to carve a path. Like I thought it was really, really, really cool to see her in that light. And to be honest, really open about some things that she shared with us. David, I'll also say this. Her brand uh, wasn't what it was on this podcast, like you said. A lot of people, we've gotten that feedback. A lot of people that have come on this podcast aren't what they were on the show. Like a Kyle Cook. I've never gotten more DMs Mm -hmm. about a guy who people are like, all my friends who are Bravo fans, all the DMs about, holy shit, that's not the Kyle Cook I know. I think that's interesting. And I also want to just like call us out here. If we had this TikTok and all this stuff back in college, we were Brie, bud. 12 years, 14 years ago, that was us. And we're running this podcast. Do you beg to differ? No. No, that was us. We just didn't put it out there. Exactly. (laughs) We're just now washed up and like kind of mature now. When she said she was working full-time at Barstool and being a full-time biochem major, biochem. That's Sean Barnett right there. It's just crazy. Like this girl isn't just stumbling into being a shit show and now being super popular and now making a ton of money. Like she's smart and I give her a lot of credit. Uh, I still think she obviously is a shit show, but that's the part that makes her so popular. Common denominator. I'm calling this out. Common denominator. Mm -hmm. Shannon Ford. A lot of these people, yeah. I'm going to even call Caitlin Bristow. Uh, a lot yeah. of, I, I'm just blanking on some of the people right now that we have had. Molly Bloom. Um, yeah, Kyle I think, Cook. Oh, dude, Rob Deerdeck, Kyle Cook. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of these people, most Paul people Bissonette. would say, Paul Bissonette, they're a shit show. They don't know what show. they're doing. They're off the track of what success looks like. Guess what? Look where they are. And I think the biggest takeaway, the biggest takeaway of all these people, Shannon and Bree and Paul and Rob and Caitlin, blah, 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 blah. They all know themselves better than anyone and they just don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. As a result of that, they put themselves out there. They magnify their strengths as an individual and the world sees the beautiful light of it. She was really interesting for me because she was probably the first person that we had on that talked so honestly and candidly about what her new life is and made me think, like, I always think we've talked about a lot, like, oh, I could be an influencer. I'd be, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know if I could. Like, she's just so raw about it. Like, the fact that she says, I would not recommend this as the career path, like, you have to be all in. You have to be a stone cold hustler. There's no holding back. People are going to have judgments about you, like, set in stone opinions. You can't change them. Like, it's just crossing a line that like people you have to be so all into it is just crazy and that's what i just thought she was so honest about it what's interesting is that the more polarizing you are the more successful you are exactly which comes at such a cost that it cannot be measured the more polarizing you are 
the hell in this world you get, dude. Family yeah. members, friends, being judged. Mm -hmm. Like think about like tonight, you go to a dinner summit, you're being judged by people you didn't realize. You're getting hate mail, people saying you should die. You're getting people that are extreme left, right politically that believe or don't believe in what you're saying and offer like, or, or, or throw like really, really bad comments to you. So it's interesting, like to be successful in this world, you have to be extremely polarizing, but polarizing equals massive, massive hate. And I think her two trading secrets I I loved. First off, always be early. I just loved that. It's something that no one has talked about. And just like the fact she was early for your pod. And again, like shit show, hungover, blah. It's like, no, she's fucking 10 minutes early for your podcast. Like that. Oh, by the holds way, weight. it was it was when she so she said that. And when she was there, just when we were there. I couldn't believe it because of just, I don't know, just like, I think her brand. And then also yeah. I've never, I've, I'm telling you right now, I don't think I've ever had someone that was there that early and like well, rock. Cause you know, especially in New York, like, Oh, I'm at this location. You got to take the elevator yeah. up. You got to go over here. You got to here. And still 10, 15 minutes early. And you could tell like the way that she picks, like, yeah, Josh Richards helps me with business. He creates opportunities. He networks for me. Like Erica Nardini, like I've learned so much for her. She's a mentor to me. Like KFC, who's been super successful, like goes to him for business advice and like strategy and branding. Like this girl's smart and people smart respect her and shit. want to help her because yeah. she shows up early. She works hard. She's authentic. She's real. Um, and you then could, the last thing about real her Real quick, I want to hear, hear what else you have to say because I know we got to wrap up, but I yeah. don't want to disregard that. You might have a thought on someone's brand that has nothing to do with their intelligence or their business sense. Mm -hmm. This girl is really, really sharp. Really which sharp. Which I think, which I think plays. Like I think they know that in the mm -hmm. back of their head. And that's why they're so successful. Cause she was such a shit show. She'd flame out like every other person who's a shit show and flames out. But she is like, and and we're catching her on like we, you, you reference Alex Cooper, like Jenna Marbles, another person was Barstool who blew up. Like she's just, I think at like two out of 10 on what she's going to eventually be in two, five years from now. And I think there's a lot of people that get a quick break in life and they get this like quick pedestal, but then they fall off. But when you look at the people that are at the, um, the, the outsiders that have done really well and continue to do it, let's say, but you don't agree with what they talk about. Let's say like, uh, Joe Rogan, let's say, uh, call her daddy, Alex Cooper, you know, any of these people that you're just like, oh, I like what they talk about for them to make it at that level, at that sustainability behind the scenes, they're a genius. Like there is some, there yeah. is some sort of genius behind them, whether you agree or disagree with it, marketing genius, whatever it is, there's some sort of super intelligence there. I have to reference cause it hit home for me. She said her other trading secret is keep a friend close by. Like keep a friend close by while you have all these influences and 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 things around you and distractions and and people trying to pull you in all the diff different directions. Grace O'Malley is her girl. Um, been with her forever. They co-host the podcast together. You know, I just think for you, like being able to be a part of your journey and stuff, and some of the hard conversations we've had, and uh, I can't imagine how much that resonated with you as well. Yeah, I mean that that it just it hit home. Honestly, it yeah. hit home, and I think she nailed it. And then the last question I have to end with some numbers here. Really, really interesting how much she opened up about the business side. I mean, I need you to put talent manager hat on and I need you to pretend that Brie was on the open market and then you could sign her to your talent agency. She's How much money do you think that she's leaving on the table? And let me set the table for you here. Barstool owns all her YouTubes, Plan Brie podcast, and all her merch. She cannot take any outside advertising, no swipe ups, no brand deals, everything exclusivity can't. Uh, that is with Barstool for our ad. She said, I don't know what my value would be outside of Barstool. She got a million dollar offer, which personally I was shocked that she said that on the podcast. And if Erica or Dave or someone was listening or when, when a soundbite comes up, how they react to that. Um, but she's worried that if that was only a year offer, then what is after? Obviously she has loyalty to Barstool and stuff. How much money do you think she's leaving on the table? Let's say in a three-year plan, let's say she was to take that million dollar deal. And that's year one of it compared to what she's making now or what she could be leaving on the table. How much money do you think she's leaving on the table being loyal to Barstool? If I'm guesstimating, and this is literally just me guesstimating based on what I know about the industry, not saying it's right. Um, I think that Brie is leaving millions of dollars, millions mm -hmm. of dollars staying with Barstool and not going out on her own. Now, 
there's a lot of things in life that people make these decisions because the value of that if come isn't worth it. Like her, maybe her relationship with Dave is greater. Maybe Dave or Josh, they have a bigger plan for her. Maybe they've talked about it. But from what we don't know, from the behind the closed doors that she didn't disclose, strictly staying at Barstool at this point, it's time to go for her. And here's the here's the thing, and then I know you're, you're, you're excited, Dick. I can see you. You're pressing your mic. You got a comment. I want to <laughs> say this. It reminds me again back to The Bachelor. It's like you go on the show and you get this platform and then you build it. But there's no way that show or that network will pay you the value of what you could create on your own if you've already had the brand. Brie has the brand now. She is sustainable. We've heard Dave Portnoy talk about the fact he's got some guys that cause controversy in his office with like uh, Rhea and stuff. He's like, you can't make it. You can't swim on your own. But he said mm -hmm. Rhea could. And what reminds me is this one. If your brand is strong enough, your engagement is strong enough that the people follow you, just like Alex Cooper, she could go on her own and she can make a whole hell of a lot more on her own than she'll make with Barstool. But that comes at a sacrifice. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, I think millions is right. I, I really do. Um, but I think that's one thing about Dave. He's so smart that he knows he can't afford to keep all these people. And that's his position in the game. He also knows that he'll get the next one because of his track record of having that one. And they'll make the company a shit ton of money and he'll see them off and he'll claim them. Yep. That's you know, I mean, Dave, Dave's and, marketing. I mean, Dave's a marketing fucking pillar, a marketing genius of yeah. our set, like of our time. The way he's able to establish his value, he's able to bring all different generations and demographics of value, and then he's able to leverage it perfectly, similar to honestly how The Bachelor leverages their contracts with the talent once they come back in. Like it, it sounds like I don't have the contract, but sounds like you're pretty handcuffed. You know, but you're handcuffed because you know the value that those handcuffs provide to you. And what's the old saying? Exactly. Don't bite off the hand that feeds you until I think you can hunt for yourself. I agree. I agree. I think it's, I think it's, I think it was an awesome, awesome episode. We kind of went in the weeds. We went, we went a little long here, but uh, it was great. I thought it was great. I think she's in a great spot. I think she's leaving a lot of money on the table, but I think she's doing it with the right intention and the long term plan. So, Awesome. Awesome. We get her on the podcast. And now you're a little more educated in the TikTok world. Love it. It's good to be more educated in TikTok world, a world I need to figure out. If you guys are on TikTok, go give myself a follow, Jason Tardick and David Ardoin, a follow on TikTok. Go follow us, Trading Secrets on Instagram, David Ardoin and Jason Tardick on Instagram. And most importantly, the most important thing for our show, please go give us five stars on Apple and give us a review. So give us five stars and then tell us what you're looking for. What other guests, what other topics we could cover. Sorry, this was a long recap, but it was a fun one. And we hope that you felt this was another episode of Trading Secrets. One you couldn't afford to miss. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.